Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to the Eyes on Texas Multicast, our bi-weekly broadcast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football. Longhorns headed into another big contest, Big 12 game coming up tomorrow at the stadium, 2.30 against BYU, a 5-2 Cougars team that uh, beat Texas Tech last week, 27-14, as they make their way for the first year as a member of this Big 12 conference. Longhorns, of course, coming off the narrow victory at Houston. Had to survive late, 31-24, but a win, a win is a win at this point for the Texas Longhorns. Get those W's and keep themselves in line for the uh, Big 12 championship or trip back but they've got to win each game along the way. We are the bi-weekly broadcast that understands the pride and tradition of the Texas football program will never be entrusted to the timid or the weak. We're a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network, and we're powered by our presenting partner, Grande Equipment. I'm Aaron Hogan. He is Mike Craven. We're with you bi-weekly. Mike, uh, you were at Sam Houston State last night, so you've already got some college football under your belt this week. How was uh, how was the scene in Huntsville? It was pretty wild. It turned into a to a crazy game. U- UTEP won on a field goal with the last three seconds left. Sam Houston may be the most snake-bitten program in, in the country right now. They've had three winnable games at home to start conference play in Conference USA as an FBS opponent. They've had leads in the fourth quarter of all three. They've lost two in overtime and, and the one last night with two seconds left on the clock. Yeah, it's been a rough go for them, for the Bearcats in year, year one at this level. Remember, you can also show uh, follow our show on Twitter and I, at Eyes on Texas FB, Instagram, Eyes on Texas Pod, and on Facebook, we are live at Eyes on Texas Podcast as we get this thing going. All right, Mike, it's our preview game of. We got a lot of good review stuff from our first episode that dropped on Tuesday into Wednesday, uh, recapping the Houston win, talking about the injuries. We do have some breaking news. As of yesterday, Steve Sarkeesian says Malik Murphy will start. We'll start this game for Texas. He wasn't sure, uh, Mike, if Arch Manning was going to play or not. He said he kind of kind of alluded to the fact that he doesn't think he needs to force it. It'll be on a game-by-game basis. There's been talk trying to get him in the game just to get his feet wet because he's one play away from being the quarterback at Texas. So somewhere happened to Malik, but uh, said there's no exact plan for that. What's your read on this Texas situation tomorrow with Malik Murphy and Arch, Arch Manning? Yeah, it's an interesting spot for Sarkeesian. I think the play of Malik Murphy ultimately decides this. If he plays really, really well, we may see Arch by default because Texas is up by 20 or 30 points in the second half. Uh, If he doesn't play very well, we may see Arch by default because Sark thinks that the offense needs kind of a shot in the arm. Let's go see uh, what the kid with the famous last name can do. You know, I think there's a micro and macro situation here, and Sark's got to juggle both of them. you got to win the game on Saturday. That's first and foremost. This team – can still win a Big 12 championship. This team can still get to the college football playoff. And there, if you get there, you can win the national championship, right? So everything that this team thought about in March, April, May, June is still out in front of them. However, this is also a, a, a program that you're building. And, and Sark wants to be here for the long haul. In 2024, and the start of the SEC is coming. You don't know what Quinn's future is going to be if he's if he's going to be gone after this year, regardless of what happens with his health. You got to start kind of looking ahead to 2024 and which one of these quarterbacks is better. And you don't want uh, maybe the the starter in day one of your 2024 season being Arch Manning and him never having played a college football game before. You get four games without burning your red shirt. I'd imagine Sark wants to see in an ideal world. I'd imagine Sark wants to see Arch out there for three or four drives, whether that's because Texas is winning by a ton of points or whether that's scripted by getting him a few drives in the second quarter or something. Yeah, we've seen that. I remember Mac Brown doing that where he would give his backup just just the third series of the game and then the third series of the second half wasn't always popular. <laughs> uh, but uh, sometimes you got to do that at this point to get your your quarterback ready to go because, you know, may not be able to be this game or next game, uh, Mike, but you might be on the road at 
you know, Fort Worth or in Ames, Iowa in November, and all of a sudden something happens to Malik and Arch has got to go in the game. Uh, I think as a coach and a staff, you hate for that to be your first, his first, you know, feet on the ground in a game. Now, Malik Murphy's only thrown eight passes. Uh, Longhorns have not uh, been ahead by enough in any of these games outside of the Rice game was discouraging because they had a lead, but uh, Rice went on a more, almost a 10-minute drive in the fourth quarter and kind of gobbled up the opportunities for, you know, Arch and Man, uh, Malik to get on the field. Um, of course, Malik did have to finish the game last week and led the touchdown drive that put him in the end zone, mostly on the ground, but he did, you know, throw a couple passes. And uh, so at least he's, he's comfortable. And it's had the whole week. I and mean, that's important too for our audience here on Eyes on Texas, Mike. He's had the whole week to, to run the team, get the reps. And the one thing I'll say, you know, after what Sark met the media on Monday, the players did. And it's funny, the players have a, have a strong belief in Malik. And it's, you know, sometimes you can, or you're going to say the right thing, but players, especially some of the guys on defense that have to go against him, you know, a lot of times it's the two, the one defense against the two, two offense, which means guys like Jade Barron and others who, who talked on Monday, they have to go against him. They were very like raving about his arm strength, his ability to push the ball down the field and that the, the players gravitate around Malik Murphy. He's got that it factor. We'll get to see that up with our own eyes on Saturday. At its core, this is still a gladiator sport. And I think this is just kind of a crackpot theory of mine. I, I think that football players just kind of sometimes are in awe of that kind of size and that ability, right? Like if you're a fellow athlete, there's a dude who's 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds, can throw the football that way, especially in controlled practice settings and what we saw all do in the spring game. It's probably hard not to be impressed uh, with the howitzer that that dude possesses and some of the things he probably does behind closed doors. Uh, in practice and and just when they're working out by themselves, I bet his I bet his numbers are more equivalent to a regular position player rather than a quarterback, and that gets you a little bit of love in the roster. Ask Sam Ellinger about that. You know when you can kind of be one of the guys because you're big enough and tough enough to to kind of play football. Because sometimes quarterbacks can be viewed as specialists almost, where they're like on their own little thing. I, you know Malik Murphy looks like a defensive end, and so uh, we'll see. You know once once the live bullets start firing. Uh, you know, that's going to dictate this, but I think it's another sign of the culture Sark has built uh, that the backup quarterback has this much faith. Yeah, that's right on. Yeah. Not many teams can say, hey, my quarterback can take your defensive end. Come on now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go bring him on. Uh, that's where Malik is. We all remember that viral picture that went this summer with the uh, the quarterbacks and the, the, uh, the flexing. And he was you know, they all look pretty good, but uh, man, that dude looks like he could be running as a tight end or a, or a rush end, and he's playing quarterback for Texas as of tomorrow. Uh, all right, so we'll get into that Texas offense against the BYU defense, then vice versa, BYU defense offense against the Texas defense, uh, and look at the special teams battle and get you some picks on this game coming up. Do you want to tell you about our friends at Grande Equipment, my buddy Wes Murray and his team, uh, an independent and local equipment dealer right here in Central Texas. Started in Dripping Springs, they moved into Buda, and then this kept on growing. So now they're, now they're down between New Braunfels and San Marcos, just adding size and space. But uh, they're the best in the heavy equipment uh, rental as well, uh, equipment business. They're independent, meaning they're not locked into one uh, dealer or brand. They get you the Caterpillar, the John Deere, Komatsu, Volvo, whatever you need for your large project or small, they're going to get to you. Uh, and they partner with you on every project. It's not about earning your business, it's about partnering with you. It's a relationship to get that project done on time, on budget, with all the equipment you need, hassle-free, job site ready and ready to go. Find them online at that website, grandeequipment.com for any project, large or small. Again, they do major freeway projects and all the equipment for that or buildings 
and they can do you if you got a project out of the lease or the property you have, uh, whatever it might be. Talk to our friends at Grande Equipment right there at grandeequipment.com. Uh, all right, our look at the Texas offense versus the BYU defense will be brought to you by uh, my buddy Brent, uh, Dr. Greg Eckert and his Brain Vault technology proven to uh, help reduce the risk of concussions. It's a mouthpiece, an orthotic. Think about it as uh, shock absorbers for your for your head. Uh, really does work. We'll tell you about it at brainvault.com. But Mike, the uh, Texas offense with Malik Murphy at the helm, uh, really good to see C.J. Baxter emerge last week, showing that explosion as a five-star running back with healthy. Uh, Jonathan Brooks has maybe been the best back in the Big 12 this year. Uh, and the offensive line, you got to feel like that's where it starts for Texas in this game uh, with a backup quarterback, especially at home, trying to establish that line of scrimmage in that ground game. It's going to be interesting to see how Texas comes out here because I, I think that there could be two different ways here. I know you're a baseball guy, so it's like, do you pitch them normal or do you pitch kind of reverse, right? And so, you know, do you come out here and you let Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter get a rhythm early, have Malik hand off the ball, you know, seven out of the first ten times? Or do you let him kind of come out and get into a little rhythm early, have some short passing plays, get him something that he likes. You see him in practice every day. What are his favorite throws? What are his favorite route combinations? What's his favorite play? Uh, let him get hit once or twice. And so it'll be interesting to me to see what Sark's script is and how he treats him. If, if this is a, a Jonathan Brooks Baxter game, or if this is a, Hey, we really believe in this guy. He's a really good quarterback. He could be a starter uh, in a lot of scenarios for a lot of different football teams. And we're going to let him go cook. Yeah, I think that is interesting, and it really is. You know, Sark did say that, you know, all all season long on Fridays, the coaches, he and A.J. Milway, the quarterback's coach, sit and go through the game plan that they've built up for Quinn Ewers, but they talk to all the quarterbacks about which plays you hear you, or do you like. And, of course, you get to practice them on the practice field. And uh, so Sark says he's already got seven, eight weeks of running, you know, comments and, and thoughts from his quarterbacks of which plays they favor, which plays they like in which situation, and that's what they were going to use to build this game plan. Plus – what they saw at practice this week. And again, start going with Malik Murphy in this game. But you're right, you come out throwing. Uh, that's still your strength against most teams in the Big 12 is your receiver core. Uh, BYU does have some big dudes up front. But again, Mike, nothing they do defensively is eye-popping. The one thing they do is cause turnovers. Uh, this is a, a BYU defense that has forced 16 turnovers, five last week. But so in the in the nation, they're, they're 60th in scoring defense. Uh, but if you don't turn the ball over, it can be like TCU scored 44 points, right? Uh, you know, BYU ran up, excuse me, Kansas ran up a pretty big number on this team. Uh, but if you turn the ball over like Texas Tech did five times, you know, that's going to limit your opportunities and they can hold you down. But they're, they're not really great against the run. They're not really great uh, defending the pass. They're at the bottom of the Big 12 in both statistics. They really have just hung around games and won five of their first seven by turning people over. Yeah, now that you mention it, they're facing their third quarterback in a row making his first start ever in college. It was Jeff right. Tuber at TCU, uh, Jake Strong last week at, at Texas Tech, and now Malik Murphy uh, here at Texas. So uh, they've been able to kind of feast against young quarterbacks who haven't been very experienced, inexperienced quarterbacks. And so turnovers are going to come with that. Uh, but you're right. I mean, athlete to athlete, this isn't really even close. Uh, and the trenches is where BYU has been scary previously. Uh, but I think Texas obviously has the advantage uh, up front offensive line and defensive line as well. And so uh, to me, this is about Malik Murphy and what he's able to do. Also kind of the running game, right? I mean, uh, Texas is 38th, I believe, in the nation in, in attempts per game at around 38, 39. Does that number go up with a backup quarterback? Does it stay around the same? That's another thing to watch here. Just kind of what Sark, because to me, that's going to show how much Sark really believes in, in Malik is, is what those splits look like. If we if we're talking on Monday after this game and, and Texas ran the ball 50 times and threw it 30 times, 
Well, that maybe tells us something that's different than if they go 40-40 like they normally do. Yeah, uh, good point. And yeah, got to avoid the turnover zone. That sometimes with a young quarterback, you mentioned the, the backups or first-time starters the last two weeks. They got torched by the first one at TCU. And they. I, I was actually up in the Metroplex that weekend, Rod. Excuse me, uh, Mike, when, when that game was happening, I was in Denton visiting my daughter in North Texas. And uh, so that game was on everywhere because it was real close to Fort Worth. And it was not competitive. I mean, uh, it was 14 nothing early. Uh, and TCU just went up and down the field. BYU really was never in that contest, kind of got staggered early. And that's kind of the, the recipe for Texas here because they're not a come-from-behind team. They're not a team that's going to chase you down. They want to play a lower score. I mean, think of that Arkansas game. They, they did beat Arkansas, and that kind of raised some eyebrows uh, early in the season. Now you look up, and Arkansas is 2-5. and five. They're not a very good team. Uh, so, you know, you take that one with a grain of salt. But they are 5-2. and two. Turnovers will be a factor. Uh, but you do feel like the, the, you could do either or statistically against this team. And Sark's been really good down that up. It's going to be about Malik protecting the ball. You know, you got X-Man, you got A.D. Mitchell. It was last week that Dana Holgerson said, look, we looked at it on film and said we can't play the same defense we've been playing. We'll give up 80 points if we try to do that. And Texas came out real quick and scored 21. But then they made the adjustments, started taking and bracketing the receivers and did a pretty good job up front of limiting the run game. And then we know that turned into a shootout. I, you wonder if BYU again – with Kalani Sataki, a former teammate of Steve Sarkeesian's at BYU. Of course, Sark is a BYU alum back in the day. A great feature on LHN this week, you know, Lowell Galindo taking Sark through his, his win in the Cotton Bowl as a quarterback at BYU. Uh, pretty good stuff seeing Sark back there chucking it around. But Kalani Sataki was a fullback on that team. One of his top receivers on that team was is now their offensive coordinator. So we'll get to that coming up, the offensive side. But defensively, Texas should be able to go get it. But you wonder what BYU and what wrinkles they'll show. That's another one with a brand-new quarterback. You throw something new, Mike. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers at this point, we saw him last year when they would show some exotic, something different. He could really start to scuffle. This year, he's more comfortable, can come to the sidelines, get some adjustments, uh, see some pictures and film, and get things right. You don't know where Malik Murphy is with that, with that if they see some things they haven't seen yet. Yeah, because on paper, if you're Texas, you're going to want to athlete these guys and just shock and awe. Just, just go deep, uh, lean into Malik's arm throw. Maybe this is a Jonte Cook-type game where you just see a bunch of nine routes. Everybody go long, and, and the guy in the the guy with the football can throw it 80 yards. So, you, you know, you're not going to outrun the route. Uh, but BYU knows that as well, and Houston knew that as well, even with Quinn Ewers in there, right, that, that Texas has so many athletes that you want to play three high safety, you want to make them go underneath and work for everything that they get. And that's even truer. Uh, for for a young quarterback who maybe will want to do too much and so if you're BYU it's like hey uh, we're gonna have you're gonna have to point to us to death right like you're not gonna land the knockout blow we're gonna force the young inexperienced quarterback to do 9 10 11 12 play drives play really good red zone defense Texas has struggled with that uh, at, at points in this year try to make them kick field goals maybe we can score enough points that that's gonna have to be BYU's a recipe for this. I don't think they're going to stop Texas much 20 to 20, but if they can force some field goals, limit the big plays and see if they can get a mistake by forcing Murphy to get into those long extended drives, maybe they have a chance here. Yeah. Well said and turn the ball over, right? That's what they want to do. Force sure, field goals sure. And that's really the goal. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Do you have a number in mind? What are you thinking for Texas points total? I mean, they've averaged, I mean, the 40 is their high, high water mark. Typically, they're in the upper 30s. 31 last week at Houston. Is there a number offensively that you think is is you know stands out or is a target for you? 
Yeah, I think they can score in the 30s. Arkansas scored in the 30s against this BYU team. We saw what TCU was able to do. If they can if they can eliminate, if they can avoid the turnovers, if they don't Texas Tech this thing, they will be able to move the ball. Even the Red Raiders move the ball with their freshman quarterback. So I think I think Texas, as long as they can execute in the red zone, run the football, they should be in the 30s uh, for sure. All right, Texas offense against the BYU defense brought to you by Brain Vault. Time to play hard but play safe with Brain Vault technology, and it really is backed by science. Uh, plenty of research on this, and as we've told you throughout the year with Brain Vault, uh, Drew Pittman is Dr. Greg Eckert, who has done my smile. Looks amazing. Thank you, Dr. Yu, uh, with his dental practice. But, you know, over the course of the last decade, he's been working with the NFL agent Drew Pittman to develop the, the backed by science Brain Vault technology, a revolutionary and patented mouth guard proven to help reduce the risk of concussions. Drew Pittman's clients in the NFL, uh, more than 100, have been wearing the Brain Vault for the last eight years, and report no concussions at all. And so now it's time to take it to your young athlete in the contact sports. You can be fitted for it. Heck, entire high school football teams here in the Austin area have been fitted, Vandergriff and Lake Travis, Hyde Park, and many more more to come as they hear about this, why Brain Vault uh, optimally aligns. Once it's fitted for your jawline and your mouth, it optimally aligns the lower jaw position and strengthens your neck, neck muscles to minimize concussive forces. Kind of like a shock absorber in your mouth right there as the, the point of contact that aligns that lower jaw position, head and neck, uh, to maintain the, and, and really absorb some of the energy that that contact during the hit, uh, and it really works, as we said with the NFL players, and we've gotten rave reviews uh, from players and coaches who have uh, gotten into this brain vault technology. But again, you got to get a fitting. You can't just buy it off the, uh, you know, off the rack and boil it in hot and some boiling water. You got to get yourself fitted, and they'll turn that around for you. Your entire team, Texas cheerleaders, wearing the brain vault technology now because you'd be surprised how many concussions for cheerleaders around the UIL. And around college so check that out brainvault.com they bring you our look at the texas offense all right flip it around the texas defense against this byu offense led by the gosh the jt daniels light uh keaton <laughs> slogan who has bounced around uh, he's been at pitt he's been at usc now he's at byu through the transfer portal and it feels like uh keaton slovis and by the way our, our look at the texas defense will be brought to you by our friend uh, texas uh, the, the texas mortgage guy carlos carrion the texas mortgage guy.com hey the uh the texas defense here are you feeling uh, good about this with this matchup, Keaton Slovis. They don't have the receiver core that Houston has. That's for sure, Mike. Uh, they don't have a man jack or a, or a Mark, Matthew Golden or some of these guys. Uh, but they will run a lot of crossing routes. Uh, but I was going to ask you this. It feels to me like Keaton Slovis has kind of regressed wherever he's gone, right? As he's moved, he's gotten, I don't say worse, but his numbers have gotten uh, worse and worse by year by year now. Yeah, he's he's each stop he's surrounded by lesser athletes, and, and it really it really shows he's not the guy that's going to kind of overcome that lead an offense. He's he's the guy that's going to get the ball out and let those guys do work. To your point, they do not have Sam Brown and Matthew Golden and even a man jack as athletes a wide receiver, and that's a good thing for Texas. What what B what BYU does really well offensively is up the alley of what Texas likes to stop defensively. Like this is a game for Devondre Sweat. Uh, to really shut down the interior game for Byron Vaughn or Byron Murphy uh, to have a really big game there in the interior for Jalen Ford to rack up some stats, you know, uh, you know, and so I feel like LJ Martin is the biggest weapon that BYU has the, the true freshman running back out of El Paso, a heck of a player that that was able to get out of the state of Texas and has become, you know, maybe the best freshman running back in, in the entire country. Uh, but He's a physical, big and inside runner that likes to wear down defenses and gets better as the game goes on. That feels like the thing that Texas does well. Yeah, well said. Yeah, this is back-to-back -back weeks now where the Longhorns have lost and nearly lost. They were playing a pass-first, spread-it-out quarterback who could uh, 
you know, isolate the Texas safeties, get them in coverage. And uh, this team is more along the lines of some of the teams they played back in September as far as the, the way they like to play the game, including Alabama uh, in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, Kalani Sataki's no dummy. No, they're not going to they're not, not they're not going to watch that film and say, man, we got to we, we may have to change this up a little bit because that'd be silly. Kind of like uh, Dana Holgerson said about the Texas offense. We can't we can't be silly and fool ourselves here. If we try that, we're going to be in second and long a lot. Uh, we're going to be dealing with Trevondre Sweat, who's playing at an All-American level this year. And now the Longhorns, while well in defense, will not have Ethan Burke in this game uh, or Jalen Catalan. You kind of expect those guys not to play. Uh, but the rest of the team is, is reportedly healthy. Ryan Watts looks like he'll be back for Texas uh, in this game. Jody Barron is going to go. Uh, Jalen Gilbo. You wonder if they start to tighten up that uh, safety position. It's been a much talked about conversation here in Austin, Mike, and really all over Texas Nation, Longhorn Nation, because, you know, Rod Babers, who I do the show with in the mornings on the horn, talked about it all the time that when he was playing DB, man, he was playing with Ahmad Brooks and he was playing with uh, uh, Quentin Jammer and these guys, these are NFL players, but he said, we, we were, we never left the field. But then, so our communication, we'd go to the sidelines and we would just, if we blew a coverage or made a mistake. We'd sit there and talk it out. And he said, Dwayne Aquina, their coach, you know, would let them before he would even come over and coach them. He would come over and listen to what they were saying to see if they could work through it and talk about what was wrong. And, you know, and then they just became the body language was, you know, they, they understood one another. They could almost read each other, what they were thinking to read their minds. That took a couple of years, but at the same time, when you're rotating guys play by play, it feels like in the safety position, you can see, I mean, that's the biggest issue. Sometimes they get out, out athleted with Michael Taff or even Jaron Thompson with his lack of foot speed, but sometimes they're just blown. They're miscommunicating. They're not passing off the receiver where it's supposed to be. They're giving away inside leverage making it too easy at times. It just feels like they're disjointed in the back end with Terry Joseph's corners and Blake Gideon's safeties. Yeah, and that's not by choice. Like, I, I don't think that is what Texas wants to do defensively. Like, in an ideal world, I, I believe that they would have two, maybe three safeties on the back end that they trust and would play 50-plus snaps. And maybe you're not going to play every snap. The game of football is a little bit different uh, than back in Rod's days where, you know, you kind of suited up and played all 75 snaps and you just, you just gutted it out. And so did the guys on the offense. So there wasn't a huge discrepancy there with how much they rotate offensively. You have to defensively. So I understand that part, but you don't want it to be where against Houston. I don't, I think the, the, this deep safety with the most snaps was Derek Williams at 32 or 33. And there was three or four guys bunched in there from 26 to the mid thirties. That's not by design. That is not ideal. They just feel like they have guys that don't do everything really well, that they do a couple of things good. And they're trying to guess and match up with what they think the situation in the offense is trying to do based on the skills that those guys they can put on the field does. I'm with you. I think it starts to tighten. And this becomes one of those where we start noticing that Derek Williams is one of the starting safeties at the university of Texas. Yeah. Cause you got to use this game and maybe next game, uh, you know, get ready for next game, right? Cause next game you got K state coming in here and they're five and two, two, but they're an ascending five and two. Uh, maybe this team is not a great passing team, at least by, by number and by Keaton Slovis. They beat Texas tech last week with 125 passing yards total, but five turnovers will help that and skew your yardage numbers. Uh, but, you know, do you start tightening that up, start trusting Derek Williams more? He's been through the bye week now and been through a, the, the led the team in snaps last week. He's your best covered safety. No doubt. Uh, now you got to find that next guy. I've just felt like, you know, when it's Keaton Crawford and Michael Taff on the field together, that's a real struggle. I think both those guys come with limitations. As much as you, you love Michael Taff being in the right place and he had the big interception last week, um, but when they're together, I think it's when teams can really go after them. Uh, you got to have Derek Williams out there. I think Jaron Thompson has to play at high level. And you wonder, you know, with Jalen Gilbo back, who can play the star, which is the nickel position at Texas, could you see Jade Barron slide back and play some safety? He's that good of a player 
uh, and wherever you put them, we'll just be real. I know if you're at the game, one of the 100,000 plus at 2.30 tomorrow, be looking who's playing in the back end. Looks like Ryan Watts will be on one corner, Malik Murphy or uh, Malik Muhammad and then Terrence Brooks at corners, um, Gavin Holmes at corners. So those guys are all good to go. We'll be watching that. But again, this is not a great passing team with Keaton Slovis. And as you said, Mike, didn't have, don't, don't have the, the athletes. Uh, so if we're in the 30s for Texas, do you feel like a number for BYU in this spot? Is this a place where the Longhorns can hold this team under 20 points, uh, low 20s? Is that kind of the, the goal here with the Longhorns being a, a 17 to 18 point favorite, according to Vegas? I believe so. I, this feels like a, a confidence booster game for this Texas team, kind of erase some of those feelings that they had last year. And as you mentioned, this is a this is a, a setup for that Kansas State game. Kansas State's kind of BYU 2.0, right? Like a steroid version of what BYU wants to do. You'll get an idea of what Texas wants to look like the next week, game plan wise, what they come out with BYU. But I, I think this is that time of year where the young guys aren't young guys anymore and you start playing your best players. And, and I, I think you start seeing the athleticism of, of an Anthony Hill, Derek Williams, some of those young guys start to rise to the top and they start making more and more plays here against BYU. Keaton Slovis, uh, here appears for your records, Mike. He has negative 230 career rushing yards. Negative <laughs> yeah. 232, yeah. I think, is the number in his career. So he's not going to run. You don't want to worry about the Dylan Gabriel legs. Uh, much like you know, next week, you got a couple quarterbacks and certainly a freshman, Avery Johnson, that'll come at you with the running game from the quarterback position. This is not something you have to worry about with Keaton Slovis. All right, that part of our show brought to you by Carlos Carrion, the Texas Mortgage Guy, online at thetexasmortgagesguy.com. Carlos is a great friend. He's one of our first partners here on the Eyes on Texas multicast. He's always available to you for a mortgage or a refi. It's a, it's a you know, waters you got to navigate right now with the interest rates rising, but still a great time to buy a home in Austin. It's going to be worth a lot more a year from now than it was when you buy it. So if you can navigate that, let that, let Carlos get you there. He's a lifetime, lifelong Austinite. Helping folks on the daily, uh, 10 years now, almost 10 years, almost a decade in the, in the mortgage loan industry. And he's a Longhorn fan, huge Longhorn fan. So you got a guy with uh, somebody with like-minded values. You can talk football, talk Texas baseball. He's a huge fan, played baseball growing up here in Austin. Uh, so all the, all the sports at UT is also an eyes on Texas uh, multicast viewer weekly. So lots to talk about, but really to guide you, not just to quote, just guide you through the, the tough waters of a mortgage or a refi right now at uh, Carlos Carrion, the Texas mortgage guy. Com. That's the Texas Mortgage.com. We'll talk some special teams and look around the Big 12 in a moment. But Mike, let me let me mention uh, in a little uh, side segment brought to you by our friends at One Source Gas. That's One Source Gas of Central Texas. Richard Strever and his team for all of your uh, you know assorted gas needs, uh, canned gas needs. Uh, let me ask you about the Longhorn commitment this week. Ryan Wingo, since last we spoke, five-star commitment out of St. Louis, Missouri. I know you don't cover Missouri recruiting, but you used to cover Texas recruiting like no other, and still do at Dave Campbell's. But this is a kid that. You know, Michael Hudson was the big target at at, uh, at Lake Belton, mm-hmm. wide receiver, five star kid that ended up committing to Texas Tech. Father played football at Tech and loves Joey McGuire. But you know, the reports are that Sark really favored Wingo even. And when they were between wide receiver coaches last year, last January, when uh, Brennan Marion moved on to UNLV and they they were on the search for Chris Jackson and had to wait for him to finish his season with the Jacksonville Jags, uh, it was Sark that that really took over uh, the personally the commitment of Ryan Wingo or the, the recruitment of Ryan Wingo he thought that much of him he's a big 62 kid 61 and a half 62 205 210 pounds he's the punter on their high school team in addition to that he returns punts he is a really explosive athlete who's got some size to him and let's think about this Mike I mean uh, 
there's, there's, it's not unrealistic to suggest the top four pass catchers for Texas this year won't be back next year. Yeah. And you talk about X-Man and A.D. Mitchell and Jatavion Sanders and Jordan Whittington as out of eligibility. I mean, you're going to need some more receivers. you got John T. Cook and DeAndre Moore coming. Um, but th this is a big gift for Texas, a five-star receiver who can help immediately. I think that's probably uh, one of the two or three biggest factors that help Texas land this thing. Not not only do you get to go to the University of Texas, you get to walk in and, and really play right away. You know, Jontae Cooks had to wait his turn uh, because of just the talent that's on campus. Like you've seen Jontae Cook is ready to be a college wide receiver. He could be putting up numbers at a lot of places, but they're a little backlog. They're, they're loaded at wide receiver. And it speaks to Sark's reputation in the college football, just football world in general, of developing wide receivers, of, of utilizing them well. You know, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, just all of those guys, like these young guys coming up, those were their first football heroes when they were sixth, seventh, eighth grade, starting to get really into football and, and watching their position. Uh, those guys were balling at the college level and their offensive coordinator was Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, that's paying dividends. Uh, Micah Hudson versus the Wingo thing. Like I, that's a very fun discussion. That's that's one of my favorite parts of recruiting is kind of, uh, you know, uh, projecting those guys forward. I, I think the advantage for Wingo over Hudson, I, I think Hudson, uh, he, he's smaller. He's only six foot, 190, 195 pounds. Uh, more of like an Odell Beckham type wide receiver uh, where Wingo is a bigger can play outside demand double teams and also is really fast. Like the dude is a top five recruit in the nation and, and is a huge get for the university of Texas. And he also kind of tricked everybody. And I respect that a lot as a, as a known hater of the crystal ball and all the different things that recruiting services use to kind of uh, not spoil these kids' commitments while also kind of spoiling these kids' commitments. <laughs> I enjoy uh, when the kids mess with it a little bit and send people in different directions and keep everybody guessing. I am I came up in the recruiting age of the hat game and every and all this stuff being funny and weird and, and it being enjoyable and more entertainment than anything. And I, I enjoy when the kids have some fun with it. The third five star, and I agree with you, by the way, third five star for Texas. I would also say if you saw the comments of his father and him after, you're going to have to recruit to the finish line on this all the way to December. Uh, Missouri's not going to give in on a kid this good that was that close. Uh, so Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers boosters, I'm sure, are going to be going to work. Uh, they kind of honestly left the door. His father seemed like he left the door open more than the kid did. But uh, it's a big one for Texas. Ryan, we go the third five star in this 2024 cycle, I have 19 players now, but Colin Simmons, the rush end from Duncanville, uh, Brandon Baker, the big left tackle from modern day out in California, and then Ryan Wingo, the three five stars. They're also in hot pursuit of Kobe Black, uh, Mike, the cornerback from Waco. What's your what's your read on him? Big time corner that really everybody wants and Texas is seemingly in a good spot with. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas is the favorite right now. He's kept it under wraps a little bit. It, it helps in that regard that he's in Waco. He's not in a major market where there's 10 recruiting writers that live down the street and can constantly be at his high school. So it's been a little bit more mysterious. But Sark is building, think of the way an NFL team builds a football team, right? It's defensive end, it's cornerback, it's wide receiver, it's left tackle. Name the five stars Texas would have if they get Kobe Black. That's a defensive end. That's an offensive tackle. That's a cornerback and a wide receiver. Outside of quarterback, those are the four spots where you need superstars. Uh, Sark gets it. He, he's building a team uh, directly in, in relation to that. I think the kids are seeing that as well. Yeah, I think once they've uh, achieved, at least begun the real process of the big humans, right, uh, getting the lines of scrimmage where they want them now, 
they're, you're right, they're cherry picking and really targeting those premium positions that you build the foundation of a championship team. And quarterback, obviously, with the long ones, have two five-star quarterbacks in that room and Malik Murphy, who was a high four-star, so they've upgraded there too. Uh, but you're right, playmakers, left tackles, pass rushers, Colin Simmons, the best in the country, one of the best to come out of the Metroplex since maybe Vaughn Miller, uh, Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, players like that. He's that elite. And then and, uh, Kobe Black could be in that conversation too. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on the recruiting efforts all the way to December with the early signing period right before Christmas. I want to say about one source gas, uh, compressed gas company here in Central Texas. Like a lot of the companies we work with here on the Eyes on Texas started as a small local company, and they still are, but they're growing like crazy. They were starting just in Austin. Now they're into San Marcos, into San Antonio, New Braunfels, because they do it right. One source gas, compressed gas company offering CO2, nitrogen, helium, oxygen, anything you need delivered on the daily or weekly. Compressed gas is obviously a necessity if you run a bar or restaurant with the bar taps and our friends at Hay City Store and Ice House use that. Several restaurants that I attend go to all the time, they use it. And it's, you know, they've switched because Richard Strieber and the team at One Source Gas, just better, uh, more re reliable uh, attention to detail. They get it to you if you need it, need some extra, they'll run it to you. Uh, they're the best right here in Central Texas. One Source Gas of Austin and now all through Central Texas, your team for compressed gas and your compressed gas leader. Uh, call Richard today, call the team. Or just go to the website, onesourcegasatx.com. It's onesourcegasatx.com. Hey, Mike, uh, what about the special teams here? This is, uh, I think, BYU, uh, a lot of veteran players. They're going to be pretty, pretty, pretty buttoned up within the special teams realm. But Texas, boy, Keelan Robinson last week, they probably went underreported and talked about, but because it was such a teeth gnashing and white knuckle game. But his kick returns were huge. I mean, he was bringing the ball out to the 45 yard line midfield for Texas, uh, those hidden yards. Uh, you still continue to, to like what Texas is doing. But I know Sark is still looking for a little more splash, a little more uh, thump and oh, oh, from that, that kick return team and the punt return and the punt block team. They've seen the big punt block at the game in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Those are the kind of plays that can really separate this game here tomorrow. I think Xavier Worthy is one of the more underrated wide receivers in my time watching Texas football. I don't think he's given credit for just how good he is and the numbers he's put up and how consistent he's been. I say that to say this. Are we sure he's that great at returning punts? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he hasn't – there hasn't been a time when I've been watching him return punts where I'm just like, oh, yeah, like that. That dude's electric in this way, right? And so uh, I just don't know if Texas has gotten the production they've thought that they would from the return game. I mean, I think Keelan Robinson, to your point, uh, was vital against Houston. He looked, you know, a player, a, a tackler or two away uh, for breaking one for a touchdown. Texas should be excellent on the coverage teams at all times just because of the amount of athletes that they have in their reserves. Uh, but you, you do think a team as athlete-heavy as Texas would pop a more explosive return game here and there than, than Longhorns have. And I feel like that's historically been true. I don't think Texas has ever been all that great at, at returning kicks and punts really in my life, outside of maybe one or two guys mixed in there on, as a punt returner. Eric Metcalf jumps to my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Shipley, Cosby was pretty good. Ramon's Taylor. I mean, those guys. But, yeah, I mean, Dante Cook, I mean, I'd like to see Keelan Robinson maybe back there returning some punts as good as he is on the kickoffs with his speed and his ability to break tackles. I uh, like it a lot. And sometimes X-Man scares you that he when, he when he lets balls drop and hit, and then it it's kind of bounding around and uh, giving up that extra yard. But I think that could be a factor in this game tomorrow uh, for the Texas Longhorns. And Sark did say this week now that the fake field goal was a mistake that he ran against Houston. And he said on film – Houston almost always, especially from a field goal from that distance, almost always goes all out rush. Uh, that's why they ran the play. He said it's the first field goal he's ever he's run. He can't remember the last time he ran a fake field goal as a coach. Um, and he's, you know, and he and Jeff Banks had talked about it. 
And they say, he said, if they get in this look, they're coming. He will now. He will remember now. <laughs> uh, because that really swung the momentum. We know that in that football game. But Sark said, you know, that we got the look we wanted and give Houston credit. They, they, they baited us. They got us to buy it. And we, you know, he, he admitted uh, that's one thing you like about Sark. He, he'll, yeah. he'll admit the mistake and say, that's on me. Uh, it really did light the few, the fire for Houston and kept them in that game. We know how the first half ended and the second half started and the game was on. Uh, all right. So special teams will be a factor in this game tomorrow. Brought to you by our friends at Hay City Store Nice House. That's Hay City Store. I told you about them with the gas, but uh, 52 beers on tap in that outdoor ice house and kitchen and, and sports bar. They got the stage with music six nights a week. Got to see the great band Suede out there last weekend. Uh, maybe you've watched PBS's uh, uh, great show that they do about little towns in Texas that go around the day tripper. Uh, well, they were in Kyle and Wim in uh, Wimberley. They did a great feature this recently on Hayes City Store and Ice House. So you can check that out. Uh, they're great people. It's a destination location. Travis Timmer, Ta Travis and Tamara Tyndall run the Hayes City Store. It's the old uh, Hayes City Store and gas station back mm -hmm. in the day, right there at the corner between Driftwood and Wimberley and Kyle. Uh, it's turned into a destination restaurant location. I promise you, big events. You got a big uh, birthday or a, uh, got a family in town. You want to make the trip. Uh, out to Hayes City Store and Ice House. If you live in that area, uh, Kyle Buda, uh, you know all about it uh, down in the Wimberley and Dripping Springs, of course. Get to Hayes City Store and Ice House. Check out the mouthwatering menu online at HayesCityStoreTX.com. They bring you uh, our final segment here, uh, Mr. Mr. Craven, which is the look around the Big 12. What game are you going to be attending this week uh, in the Big 12 or on, around the state of Texas this weekend? I'm going to Rice. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, eventually every every trip around the state of Texas has to include a trip to Rice, and uh, this is the week. And so I looked around, so I had to make this schedule before the season started. That was the difficult part, right? And you have to hit a stadium, uh, a different stadium every weekend, essentially. Uh, for those who don't know, 13 weeks in a college football season, there's 13 FBS teams in Texas. I'm writing a coffee book kind of about each of those schools, and I'm going to a different stadium every week. And so it was finding a week where it felt like Rice was at home, it, it was a meaningful game. They're playing against Tulane. Tulane may be the best G5 team in, in the country. And so I had to figure out a way to, to go there. A&M's against South Carolina. Texas against BYU. Figured it'd be a good weekend to go. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that A&M game real quick with A&M. This is a this is an absolute must-win game for Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, may, he may be done if he doesn't win this football game. Like, so – Jimbo fit. They haven't won a road play a road game since like 2020, right? Or 2021 or something like that. Years, uh, years October that they wrote, run a road yeah. SEC game. It's been a while and they still play Ole Miss on the road. They still play LSU on the road. So if we give those as losses, which, you know, on paper, we assume they would be, you know, seven and five is as good as they can get. So they have to beat South Carolina. They have to beat Mississippi state. They should be able to beat, you know, Abilene Christian pretty easily in that kind of bye week the SEC has. And so uh, these home games are must win. Jimbo's coaching for his life. Anything less than eight and four uh, feels like a, a fundraiser situation in College Station. Well, and I heard you say this, and now I credit you on our morning show. This isn't a $70 million decision. It's a $10 million decision, right? Every year, it's, you're just saving $10 million. Yeah. If they fire him after next year, it's not, it's only $10 million less. Uh, that contract is that contract. So, now, are you going to come up with the extra $10 million, or are you going to wait for another bad season yeah. where, especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC and the recruiting efforts, and, and you got to get that thing right going into this critical offseason with the Longhorns coming on the schedule next year? And and that roster is good, and it's poised to be really good in 2024. All of those recruits that are still around from that historic 2021 class or 2022 class, whatever it was, 
it's going to be juniors. You know, Connor Wegman's going to be back and healthy. The defensive line is incredible. The linebackers are really good. And so, you know, A&M is, is a solid culture and vibe situation, solid schemes away uh, from being really good. You saw that when Mike Elko was, was on campus. And, and I think you're right. If you don't think Jimbo Fisher is finishing the contract, and I, I believe that most people believe that he won't, each year is just a $10 million decision. You're going to pay that money sooner rather than later. You might as well, if you don't think he is the guy for 2025 and beyond, you might as well cut the cord now, start the clock, and not get further and further behind Texas and Oklahoma because the SEC is only getting harder. All right, also in the Big 12 this weekend, Oklahoma is at Kansas. That's a game to watch, of course. That's a scary game. doesn't look like Jalen Daniels will play again, though. Highly unlikely. Jason Bean likely to be the quarterback there. Oklahoma took the scare last week with Central Florida. Uh, you, got, you got West Virginia and UCF playing in the Eastern time zone. You got Houston and Kansas State. After they almost beat Texas, they'll go to KSU, where KSU is on a roll now at 5-2. and two. Uh, Iowa State and Baylor up in Waco. And Cincinnati is at Oak State, that Oak State team. What do you know about the kid, Ollie Gordon, the running back out of the Metroplex? He's become, outside of Jonathan Brooks, the second-best runner. We've got back-to-back 200-yard games. What's uh, what's the story on Ollie Gordon the third? Yeah, South Grand Prairie High School up there in DFW. Uh, really good football team. They just always run into Allen, so they never get out of their region, right, once they get into the playoffs. and so I saw him play. Actually, I was at an Ollie Gordon football game at the old Ranger Stadium, at Choctaw Stadium now, uh, when the Steve Sarkeesian news broke. Uh, when he became the head coach uh, of Texas. That was that COVID year that went a little bit long and they were playing playoff games in early 2021. So a stud of a player, a stud of a running back, still still not sure how he got out of Texas. Uh, kind of like LJ Martin that, that Texas is going to see on Saturday. Um, just really good. And it, it, actually, it's to a point that I'm actually researching for a story. Texas for a long time has been quarterback central at the high school level. We've been a seven-on-seven seven state. You look around the state of uh, the country – I think there's like six out of the top 15 rushers in, in the country are Texans or are either playing Texas football here in Texas or played high school football in Texas. So maybe, um, you know, everything's cyclical in this game. Maybe it's starting to turn more towards power football a little bit after, you know, a couple decades of the air raid. All right. College football biggest game nationally is Utah and uh, Oregon uh, out the Pac-12. So they have a game of the week each week. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, around the country. But uh, Mike, great stuff. Do you have a final score prediction for Texas? So I think we kind of, settled on something around 38 to 20 or something like that. That is the Vegas number right now. 18. Is that kind of your ballpark? I mean, it's probably gonna be close on top of that line. Uh, could swing either way. What's your, what's your, your final thought? I'm looking at, you know, like a 34 to 14 type situation. I think Texas wins this one pretty comfortably. I'd be worried about the backdoor cover, just depending on what, what UT does in the second half, how much they try to push it if they get a lead. But I think this one should be pretty comfortable for Texas. They're just too talented. When we gather on Monday to recap this and hear from Sark, do we think we're, uh, the storyline is Malik Murphy that he he balled out and broke out, or is it Malik Murphy game manager? What's your what's your gut on that? I think it's more Malik Murphy game manager, and is it is it going to be Arch Madness sooner or later? I think that thing is going to linger over Texas. I, I've been around this program too long uh, to think a, a story that juicy doesn't just stick around and become a thing. It just feels very very UT in the best best season they've had in fifteen years. This thing's going to become a quarterback controversy just the way Mac Brown remembers it. No question. All right. On our way out, let me mention my friend, Dr. Greg Eckert, with this beautiful new smile restored completely at 50 years old now. I uh, couldn't have done it without him. He's unbelievable. You can have your new smile, your teeth restored. Uh, if you need your need dentures and permanent, permanent implants, he can do those. Mine are just a restoration where they work with what was there and built over top. Uh, it is really, really a confidence builder to have a smile like this, especially doing all these on-camera things we do now, the Zooms and the uh, the meetings, and uh, boy, just uh, changes 
your confidence level every single time. Uh, Dr. Eckert's the best 27 years here in Austin, Texas. He also has the brain vault technology, but really his, uh, his specialty is his, his dental practice uh, where they do everything from restorations to just daily oral hygiene, the bi-month or the biannual uh, cleanings. But man, anything you need, Dr. Eckert is the best. It's Dr. Eckert with a U. Find him online at U-E-C-K-E-R-T. It's D-R, Dr. Eckert, U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Dr. Greg Eckert is brain ball technology. But if you need some uh, work on your teeth, he is the best right there in central Austin, off far west. Uh, can't miss him right there. Great location for almost 30 years. Dr. Greg Eckert, great partner. Thanks to all of our partners and our founding partners of the Eyes on Texas Multicast, including the Hay City Store and Ice House One Source Gas. Uh, Carlos Carrion, the Texas mortgage guy, Brain Vault, and Dr. Eckert, Richard Strever, and the One Source Gas team. And of course, our presenting partners at Grande Equipment bringing you another episode into a game day. Hey, Mike, you got tailgates tomorrow. I don't know what the tailgate scene will be like down in the medical center of Houston with the Rice game, but you said it's a big game. Tulane and Rice both are over 500. That'll be fun. Can't wait to hear your uh, trip to Houston and H Town. You were there last week down in the third ward. Now you'll be down in the medical center at Rice University. I will be at UT. Uh, of course, getting you ready for this game. Good to be back out. First home game in a month. First of back-to-back games for the Horns with BYU and then K-State. Mike, thanks so much. Safe travels, bud. Appreciate you. All right. We'll talk to you on Monday with another edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube channels for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Horn FM in Austin. Have a great weekend. Hook them horns.